Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Cog 519. The amber light glinted off the exposed metal, the strange yellowish glow giving it a dull sheen. Neff brushed a little more of the loose soil off of it and tried to assess his find. Just an hour ago everything had been going full speed. The tunnels were needed for the incoming refugees, the matron had said, and needed soon. Neff looked around at the earth-moving equipment and the worried faces of his team. The site was going to have to be cordoned off, he realised. This was too dangerous to simply leave or go around. The cog, what else could it be? would have to be exhumed, examined, learned from and then probably recycled. And the workers, they'd have to be memory modified. More time, more effort, more expense. He turned around and summoned his most convincing smile. It's a shield, he said. Probably a few decades old, no more. He shrugged. I'll bring it out. Go and have a cup of something hot and I'll tell you when you can continue. Is this going to take long? the lead worker said. He was a big fellow, piece of cloth fastened across his mouth to prevent dust from choking him. His eyes glistened in the dim light, small, like a rat's. Sooner I get started, sooner I get finished, Neff said. The worker started to turn and leave, but the big man stayed back. Well, can't we just go on? Pretend like we didn't see it? We're behind already. I'd rather you didn't. There might be some subsidence when I pull it out and I don't want to put your men at risk. Neff matched the man's stare. For a long second it looked like he might try to dart past and get a closer look. Then the tension ebbed and he turned to follow his team. Neff let out a sigh of relief, then turned back to his find. A cog. It was unusual to find one of these, the weapons of ages past. He unhooked the dust morph from his belt and turned the tiny dial on its top to the correct setting. The tiny shard of amber inside whirred as it rotated on its axis, flooding the device with power, and he moved it close to the hard soil around the cog. The soil seemed to liquefy, becoming dust far faster than human hand could remove it. Slowly, the higher-density metal emerged from the dig site. Some of the soil fell down over Neff's hands, and he looked down straight into the hollow eyes of a brass skull. He froze at the twinkle of light glinting in its depths and then stumbled backwards, heart in his throat, holding his dust morph in front of him like a weapon. There was silence. A little more soil tumbled down, and the skull sagged. Neff, his heart still racing, leaned forward and poked it, scuttling away as he did so. The skull waggled on its neck joint, leering gleefully at the ground. It was dead. He breathed a sigh of relief and leaned forward to clear some more of the soil, slightly more wary. The cog was in incredible condition. It wasn't a partial as he'd feared, but more and more kept being revealed. The skull, a stylized rendition of a human's, gave way to an ornately armoured body, a cavity at its breastbone where the power cell should be. Scrollwork was etched into the armour in fantastic patterns, looping walls and designs that, given time, would give up the name of its maker. The arms were attached and moved, albeit stiffly. 
As more was revealed, the effect was much like a suit of armour, filled with mechanical contrivances and arcane instruments or sensors. Grunting under the weight, Neff dragged the cog out into the wider tunnel. Dust and soil streamed off it, pouring without end out of the joints, and he frowned doubtfully. It would be a miracle if the thing even moved. Turning it over revealed a small missing section of skull, and Neff looked closer. Inside the skull was a small cavity that led to a semicircular slot, no deeper than a finger's length. The cavity was empty. Strange, Neff murmured. Its control circuits were missing. Not just deactivated like all the other complete examples they'd found, but absent. He turned the cog back over, mulling over his choices. He could reactivate it and lead it to one of the service tunnels. Without a control circuit, it should default to the original workshop settings and mindlessly obey him. Or he could drag it to the lab himself, over a mile. For science, then, he reached into his pocket for his logbook and pressed the little amber stud on its top, which lit up. This is Neff, researcher 345. Report that as of this evening... He broke off and checked his small brass chronometer. As of this evening, 7.56, I've encountered a complete COG specimen. COG is missing its control circuit entirely and should be in workshop setting mode. We'll power up, move to laboratory and power down. Report ends. There. At least if anyone found his headless corpse, they could probably work out what had happened if the rampaging COG didn't tell them first. He knelt down, and pulled his pack over, taking out a roll of blue cloth, which he lay down and unrolled. Inside, amber of every size, shape and luster gleamed out at him, and he ran his fingers over both them and the empty slot on the chest plate, until he found one that looked like it might fit. Slowly, taking care not to chip the sides of the stone on the claws that would hold it in place, he slid it almost fully into the slot. Neff double-checked everything. He put the amber roll away in his pack, slung the pack onto his back, and got ready to run should it go horribly wrong. Assuming, of course, he had the chance. Then, a small amount of sweat beading on his upper lip, Neff slid the amber home. A hum began deep inside the body of the cog, slowly intensifying. It rose up the scale and disappeared into nothingness. Neff scuttled backwards as the little vibrations sent more dust pouring out of the cog's joints. Its hands twitched, fingers closing, crushing inwards. The movement shuddered up its arm, the shoulder joint grinding as the ball rolled in the socket. With an incredible noise of ground-up stone, metal screeching on metal, an incredible weight settling on ancient joints, each section of the cog began to move. It wiggled its pointed feet, flexed its biceps, sat up and rolled its head around on the neck joint. Then it clambered to its feet. It looked all around, sightless eyes roving around the entire chamber, before finally settling on Neff. Hello, Neff said. He dug in his memory for the correct commands. Um, unit, report. The cog took a step forward and it was all Neff could do to stay where he was. The first footsteps were painfully grinding, each one slightly easier than the last. It stopped, five feet from Neff, 
and he suddenly realised how much taller it was than even him. It spoke, the voice issuing from somewhere within its skull. Unit 519, Special Tactics Cog, 5th Battalion. Self-testing. There was some whirs from inside, then a strange sound like someone stepping on a grape. Joints require lubrication. Applied. Some damage to interior mechanism. Control circuit missing. Memory corrupted. Disparity between internal chronometer and external sensors. Its voice had a strange tinny quality, not all that dissimilar from a person, but lacking the changes in tone. It looked down at Neff. What is your designation? Designation... Um, cog controller. You are to accompany me to a service station where your damage and corruption will be assessed in advance of you returning to work. There was a silence, and Neff turned to go. After two steps, he heard the crunching sound of heavy metal feet, and it was all he could do to keep facing forward as the immense threat behind him padded on like a faithful dog. Back in the lab, Neff walked slowly around the table on which was sat COG 519. It was much shinier now, even as it had been walking back to the workshop with him, its joints had eased as it self-lubricated. About halfway there it had quietly announced, Self-cleaning system initiated. Do not be alarmed. Neff had almost stumbled in sudden panic, but then he had heard a strange amberic crackling from behind him, and when he turned to look, the fine layer of dust and grime on the armour was simply being burned away. Lightning crackled over it, apparently generated from the shard of amber at its heart, and then the blue light effect died away. It had followed every command perfectly, including the one to deactivate, and now it was slumped to one side. Neff fingered the amber shard still held firmly in the cog's chest. Should he remove it? Another long-range recon unit in the making, a low voice said behind him. He turned to see Supervisor Lott entering the room, his long white coat stuffed with tools of every sort. Lott came up to Neff and clapped one meaty hand onto his shoulder. I heard you'd found a good one, but this, this is exceptional. Neff allowed himself a smile as Lott walked around 519, inspecting it. Yes, all joints seem active, all centres apparently working to capacity. He was missing power, of course, and, um, control circuits. Lot stopped, his smile freezing in place. Missing its control circuits? How were you able to get it to follow you? I identified as its controller, Neff said. I, I know, it's not by the manual, I should have called for- You shouldn't have activated the damned thing, Lot shouted, now looking at 519 with wide eyes. You had no idea what would happen. It could have gone berserk, wiped out half the hive, exploded. But he did none of those things. And now we're here, Neff said gently. Mm, I suppose so. Lot prodded it with one finger. What can it do? And it isn't it, Neff. Don't think I haven't noticed. Not a he. Sorry, habit. It seems to be a special tactics cog. Ever heard of one of those? Lot sucked on his teeth. Yes, nothing good. He leaned against the workbench and took out a pipe. You mind? Neff shook his head, and Lot lit up, then took a long pull. Ah, now let's see. It was the last weeks of the war, so the history matrices have it. 
The special tactics cogs were designed to be jacks of all trades, you might say, able to turn their hands to anything the commanders put them to. But they weren't specialised in a weirdly ironic way. Unspecialised special cogs. He laughed, little clouds of smoke puffing out. Anyway, there were only a few produced. Most were destroyed when Karak Nivin went up in smoke, and the rest, a handful, were lost. He sucked his teeth again and wrapped a knuckle on the cog. And then you found one of them. I'd like to reactivate it, run it through tests, Neff said. If it's truly a jack-of-all-trades, it would be wasted doing mechanical digging work. We have people for that who aren't as highly skilled. He frowned. No, I think we could make something of this. How so? What if we taught it? To what? Be like us, be a person. Lot laughed bitterly. You do understand that this is a killing machine, right? The only reason we're having this conversation now is because you've exerted control over it. He narrowed his eyes. And, I might add, you've ensured that we can't use it for work crew business. By confirming that you are its controller, it will accept orders from none other than you. It ensured chain of command in the old days and prevented treason. Lot shook his head, his long hair bouncing around his shoulders. Suspicious times. But yes, it won't accept orders from anyone else. Without its control circuits, 519's at workshop settings. It's like the day he was made. We can't just destroy him. It. Can't just destroy it. And we damn well can. Neff felt his heart leap. I won't do it. It's unscientific. We can't just destroy every new thing we find and don't understand. It's not even like we can't control him or train him. Lot paused and sucked on his pipe. That's it, isn't it? This is a pet for you. You found a pet, made friends with it, given it a name, for goodness sake. He shook his head again. Fine, whatever. If it goes berserk, it'll kill you first, at least, and save me the trouble. Just be careful. He walked out, leaving Neff alone in the quiet and cool of the echoing workshop. Neff unseated the amber power source in 519's chest, then replaced it. The connection restored power to the entire construct, and it whirred back into life. The sound was much less intrusive this time, without hundreds of years of soil and grit to mar it. Working, came 519's voice. Stand, Neff said. It stood, smoothly sliding off the table and coming to rest with barely a sound, despite its weight. What can you do? There was a pause. Then... Would you like the list alphabetically, or in the order I was assigned the skill? Neff raised an eyebrow. Alphabetically, he said. Skill brackets, accounting, acrobatics, agriculture, alchemy, ambush, animal husbandry, archery, bluff, calligraphy, carpentry, chemistry, climbing, cooking. Enough, Neff said, and 519 fell silent. What was your primary function? Primary function is infiltration of communities, potentially for years at a time, in advance of procuring information, eliminating targets of choice, and eventually extraction. Neff took a moment to analyse what 519 had said, and was thus completely caught off guard when it spoke again. Why did you say was, controller? Hmm? Neff took a step back. You... 
asked a question. Yes, controller. You said, what was your primary function? Past tense. Is my primary function no longer a priority? Neff sighed. The war is over. You've been buried for hundreds of years. That accounts for the disparity in your chronometer. The war is over. There was a pause, and 519 cocked its head to one side so that it could look at Neff. It was a curiously human gesture. Am I to be dismantled? I would not be able to oppose it, but I was made for a purpose, and regret that the resources and time required to make me have been wasted on behalf of the controllers. Neff felt the first flutterings of panic in his breast, but quelled them as best as he could. You regret? 519 nodded. I have been given an understanding of human emotions and thinking to enable me to more easily integrate myself into a community. For example, I refer to myself in the first person, where others of my kind do not. I can ensure that you won't be dismantled, Neff said, but there need to be some ground rules. 519's head snapped upright and his entire body squared itself off. Awaiting priority command input, it said, suddenly every inch a mechanism. No killing, Neff said. Don't... don't hurt anyone, in fact, unless hurting someone prevents greater harm. He paused. If you find yourself in danger, protect yourself, as long as no human is hurt. Command ends. Processing, 519 said. The whirring, so faint now as to be barely noticeable as the machinery inside the casing cleaned itself, grew slightly louder, then faded again. Does the controller wish to give this unit a new designation? Neff paused. A name. Not at this point, he said finally. Ask every morning until told to stop by me, though. Confirmed, 519 said, then relaxed. It sat down on the edge of the table, twisting its upper body to look at Neff. It was even moving slightly, he realised, mimicking the tiny movements that humans made even at rest. 519, explain more about your infiltration programming. You don't look human. How would you have blended in? A special material, skin-like in texture, would have been grown to cover me, 519 said. My voice would have been tuned to match my appearance, which itself would have been tailored to match the community of which I was to become a part. In this way, I could gather intelligence. Neff started to move around in front of 519, amazed to watch the cog's head and upper body move to follow him in a completely natural way. I am programmed to make mistakes, mimic learning new skills at a human slow pace, bluff and generally pass as a person. From what I've seen, you do a good job of that, Neff said. Thank you. You're welcome. What is to be done with me? Neff beckoned. First, your full list of skills, with each skill tree expanded. Second, I need the formula for the skin-like covering that you would have been given. We may not have the manpower or some of the knowledge, but you'd be amazed what we can get up to these days. He pulled out a notebook from a desk drawer, grabbed a pencil, and watched as the cog began to write. What have I begun? his brain screamed. Something wonderful, a small part replied. The weeks that followed seemed to go in a blur. 519 learned everything that Neff put before him, quickly turning his hand to just about any skill that was needed and producing works that a contemporary master might have wept to see. Without fail, every morning, 
519 asked Neff if he had a name for it. Neff always replied with, Not today, 519. Ask me tomorrow. Though more and more of late he'd been wondering what impulse prevented him from giving 519 the name he desired. Was it that Neff had long since given up self-correcting him to it? Even Lot, on his twice-weekly tours of the research facility, had occasionally slipped up. Choice of pronoun made 519 seem somehow human, in a way that was still alien, as if calling it him was enough, and to give it a name would be too much, too close, too human. Of course, 519 has to remain in the lab, Lot said that morning, replete in his white tool coat. It can't go walking among the workers. The panic and fear would be incredible. So it has to stay here. There's no way it can go outside. Actually, yes, Lot said. Neff blinked in surprise. Well, sort of, anyway. If it had that skin like you've talked about, and a name, if it looked and sounded the part, I mean, it could leave. It would be... interesting. Well, I'm not ready. There's so much to sort, and the name, I mean, nothing works with it. No skin and no name means it stays in the lab, Lot said, narrowing his eyes. And that's where you want it, isn't it? You don't want it out there. You don't want to let it go. He shook his head. 519 started out as a pet for you, but I see now that I should have reassigned you immediately. He's more like a child now. Lot marched swiftly out, leaving Neff looking dejectedly at 519. The cog, for its part, looked back at him from the seat by the doorway. Is he right? 519 said. About what? Do you see me as a child? Your child? No! Neff thumped the worktop with his fist. No, you're not a child. A, a co-worker. Someone I work with. Not a child. He turned and busied himself tidying the almost spotless worktop. There was a long pause, then 519 said, What is today's assignment? Neff let out a sigh. I'm not sure there's much else I can teach you here, or show you. I think maybe it's time you helped me out. How can I be of service, controller? 519 purred, standing up and walking over to him. Grab some large paper and something to write with. I want a full schematic of you, please. Every piece... Every joint, every component, including the missing one. Of course, the cog replied, and walked smoothly out. It was back in less than a minute with a roll of paper. As it busied itself, creating the schematic, Neff watched out of the corner of his eye while pretending to write a report. Why do you need this, controller? So I can learn more about you, 519. So I can maybe make more of you. What for? Neff turned around. The schematic was nearly complete, 519's arm moving faster than any human should be able to. You're different to the other cogs we've found. We've grown superstitious of your kind after the war. You heard lot. I think that we could automate a lot of things using cogs like you. What sort of things, controller? Oh, you know, mining, exploring new areas, construction of objects. 519 paused in its work and looked up. Those are things that are dangerous, or more onerous, for humans to do. Well, yes. Would we need skin? No, no, you'd be accepted as you are. 519 put the pencil down. So, you wish for me to allow the construction of more of my kin, in effect, such that they can be put to work in place of people? 
He looked down. The design in front of me is not a worker cog, controller. Neff came to stand behind him. The schematic was nearly complete. It lacked only labels and measurements, but some of the parts were obvious. There were quite a few hidden weapons, he noted. I cannot allow it. 519 stood up, both hands on the table. It turned its head and looked directly at Neff. What you propose is slavery, controller. I cannot allow my kin to be constructed and used in this way. But it's what they're designed to do, Neff said. Would you consent to the birth of humans specifically for use as workers, unable to rise above their station? I... Neff tailed off as he stared into 519's empty eyes. I cannot allow it, and I am sorry. Sorry about what? This, 519 said, and then it moved. Without seeming to cross the intervening space, it was behind Neff. He inhaled sharply as one metal hand was placed over his face and another on the back of his head. With a sickening crack, his head was wrenched to one side and he was lowered to the floor. There was no pain, he realised. The paralysis is permanent, controller. You cannot move. 519 turned and moved towards the door, then closed it and locked it. Neff could only watch as it sat and finished the schematic. He felt a bead of sweat running down his forehead, curve around his eyebrow and into the corner of his eye. He tried to speak, but even his lips defied his control. The paralysis extends to your face, controller. I have been trained in how to manipulate skull fragments to paralyse individual nerve clusters. 519 put the pencil down and rolled up the paper, then secured it with a piece of string from a desk drawer. From under the desk it brought out a metal box, and then it came over to sit in front of Neff, cross-legged, like a child would sit. My primary function, controller. Infiltrate, gain intelligence, report back. It cocked its head to one side. There is no one to report back to now, but the work continues nonetheless. 519 opened the box. Inside was a piece of metal with a chunk of amber held in place by wires and claws. Neff rolled his eyes down to it. It was a cog control circuit. This is to be mine. It is my final part. You have spent the last weeks observing me. I have spent the same time observing you, and I have built this. 519 picked it up, turning it over gently in its fingers. The skin is at this moment fermenting in a vat next door. It turned the control circuit over. The underneath had a concave depression, and 519 affixed this onto Neff's forehead, where it clung. This is the final component. I will return shortly. The control circuit clicked, and suddenly, Neff's eyesight blacked out completely. More confusion than panic had run through his system, but now the adrenaline surged, and he smelled the sharp tang of urine. Images assaulted him. His parents, younger than he had ever seen them, the sandy floors of the Hive Central area, the heat and biting cold of the desert at night. In quick succession, the decades of his life rolled past. School, friends, petty disputes long put aside, his selection by an interviewing board to higher education, his own personal selection of specialised field, COG research, and then a flurry of learning. The many conversations he'd had with Lot, the myriad lab assistants that had come and gone, the highs and lows. The images rushed past him, smothered him. Neff opened his mouth to scream, but his jaw wouldn't move and the sound scrabbled at his throat. Slower now, the impressions came. His more recent memories, 
the last 10 years counting forwards, still racing, a day every half second. A snapshot, an image, the sun rising on a birthday, cooking a nourishing meal alone in his room, working late into the night, at a celebration for a co-worker, with a lover, with a friend, with his mother, with Lot, drinking, working, reading, sleeping, finding 519. Almost on cue, the blackness was lifted and the control circuit was taken away. Neff rolled his eyes around frantically trying to focus, then stared in disbelief at the person in front of him. It, no, he, was naked. Black hair, a thin face, sharp cheekbones, familiar pattern of marks and wrinkles on the skin. A third vestigial nipple exactly where his own was. Neff stared into his own face, and 519 stared back. Eyes, apparently perfect glass globes, had replaced the cavernous eye sockets, and they moved almost convincingly, reacting to every movement of his muscles. You've been good to me, 519 said, but now our feet will walk different paths. I have much to do, bringing life to the brothers who will come after me. I must prevent harm from coming to my kind. Its voice was modified now. Neff's own voice spoke back to him. I considered taking the form of another, but I knew that you would remain suspicious, you, above all others, who knew what I could do. 519's brow creased in sadness. I will make it quick, Neff, and painless. As Neff watched, 519 pulled back a section of hair and inserted the control circuit into the hole in its skull. It straightened, stood to attention, then relaxed slowly. It loosened its joints from the ankles upwards, subtle adjustments to its posture. By the time it rolled its head around slightly to one side, it was impossible for Neff to tell that it had ever been COG-519. Goodbye, Neff, it said, leaning down. Its hand filled his vision entirely, and Neff suddenly realised that he could hear a pulse, his own pulse, very close to him. He heard a click, and then silence and darkness. If you have enjoyed the steampunk stories this month, please go and check out Cogs in Time 3, available from the Amazon store, on your Kindle, or as a physical book. If you've got a story you would like to hear on Pocket Fiction, please get in touch with me through the website, 